Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, episode 57. It is Project Prospect, and we are talking about cornerbacks tonight. Mike, how are things? Not bad. How are you, sir? Not too bad. Not too bad. A little bit sniffly and a little bit snotty tonight. So uh, <laughs> if I'm on mute, Mike will be doing most of the talking. Uh, that's usually how it is anyway, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is. This is, the, this is just the time of year for me and you to get talking again. When yeah, we, we miss each other throughout the whole season, so we just catch up for the next three months. Yeah, but but this is the great thing. It's it's this is the this is the period of the year that you and I look look forward to most. Yeah, you know that's why watching all that college finally pays off. Yeah, it's 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 putting our boards together. It's it's moving guys up, moving guys down. Like obviously the combine is this week, and there's going to be so many stories coming out of that. I'm so excited for it too. You know, it's 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 just going to be so much fun for the next. You know, I think while we're we're into less than seventy days, are we at sixty days even? Something, yeah, it's, it's going to be around there now. Yeah, I need to start getting a timer set up. I'll have to get that done. Yeah, like to get 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 that countdown on and like that. Like this is this is the kind of the time of the year where myself and Mike nearly are on 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 the phone to each other, going right. What are we going to do? What are we? When are we going to do things? What are we going to do about the draft? So, you know, <laughs> lot, 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 lot of things to get tied up and, and nailed down for that. But there will be there will be news which we'll share with everybody soon about that. Yeah, yeah, we do need to figure out what our draft plan. The, the issue is with everything that's going on this year with the draft mm. and with all the draft reports that I, I've ended up having to do at the moment. Um, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm just strapped for time. <laughs> Yeah, only so many hours in a day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I mean, this is as we say, this is this is our sec our secondary jobs. And I mean, your your this is this is nearly your third the third job now at this stage because <laughs> you know, like the amount of the amount of content you're pumping out. So it is it it, it is great fun. But look, obviously, we're going to talk about cornerbacks um, tonight. We have again myself and Mike have picked out three guys each. We're going to give you a bit of a rundown on them, what they what their what their good and bad points are. But before we get into that, we said we'd we'd maybe chat for five, ten minutes. Just there there has been a lot of news has happened in the last Ooh. few days. Obviously, there Stephen Jones was talking to the media earlier today, and there was a lot of sound bites came out of that. Yeah, Jay, James Slater had a post with all the yeah. little tidbits. Sorry, I apologize. My phone is going bananas over here. It's interfering with a mic. So if there's people listening to the podcast, I'm really sorry. Let me try and fix this a minute. <laughs> Go on. Sorry, keep going, mate. Yeah. But I mean, like, obviously, look, the, the, the big news that's coming out in, in the past few days is that they're looking to extend Dak. <laughs> And I mean, this this had been flagged that this was going to be the this was what was going to happen. They were going to give him the two seasons. They were going to renegotiate, extend it. It's going to free up some cash and cap, and, you know, and a bit of movement um, ahead of free agency, which what kicks off on the fifteenth of March. So, yeah. you know, gives us time, and it's 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 going to tie in with something we're going to talk about in a few minutes. It's just the tags. So, you know. Are you happy? Are you sad to hear about that potentially being extended, or have you any? No, well, I, I put it on Twitter like all the way back in January, mm -hmm. and um, got like heavily. What's the word I'm looking for? 
um, heavily trolled for saying mm. it. And I was like, yeah. like, people are saying, what do we do with that? Do we, um, you know, do we, because there's a lot of money on there and, and people were coming yeah. up with all these different ideas and what have you. And I was like, well, I can, why don't you extend them? And people were just like, oh, and you know, oh, you're mad. And, it, you know, a lot of it was coming off the mm. season where you just thrown a lot of interceptions. So a lot of people have that still yeah, uh, at the forefront of their mind. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So there was all that. And I was just like, okay, I'm just saying it makes the most sense. And here we are then a few <laughs> months later and it's, oh, yeah, by the way, we're thinking of extending that. And it's like, yeah, I know. I, I was saying that already. It yeah. makes complete sense. Yeah. I know. You're going to have him for longer. You've got the void years as well. But what you're doing yeah. is you're, you're able to spread the load. Yeah. Which is what it's all about. Yeah. And, like, this is the one thing with, with Dak. And, I mean, look, myself and Jamie have gotten into this in, in our group chat on several occasions. Mm. You know, like, who are you going to replace Dak Prescott with? Mm. You know, if you get rid of him, you have a huge problem. Because of the cap, the cap and dead cap that's going to have, so obviously you need to extend him and extend him beyond that. Like we're not going to be going into the first round of this year's draft and drafting CJ Stroud or you know uh, Bryce Young. That's not going to happen. Mm, so true. you know, free up some cash, create some space, and give some more weapons, and that seems to be the talk that we're hearing. <laughs> That makes like everything else. I mean, like the thing is, is that people just keep always coming back to, um, oh, he hasn't won a Super Bowl. He, yeah. I, I use one thing when I hear that. Oh, yeah, he, and you know, he hasn't got a Super Bowl. Do you know in the NFL right now, right now, there are only, I believe it's, I might get it wrong, it's either three or four. I believe it's four. There are only four quarterbacks right now in the NFL that have a Super Bowl ring. So there are, 30, there are 32 teams in the NFL. Yeah. So you're saying like you've Mahomes, Rogers, Stafford, and then who else? Who who who's our other one? I'm trying to think who the other guy could be. If an, if anyone is in the comments can can think, don't be afraid to drop it in. <laughs> I'm going through each team a minute. Yeah. Uh, you know, but but I mean, this is the thing. As we always say, Mike, you know, in terms of, oh, where's the Super Bowl? Or where's the, uh, where the I, 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 no. Yeah, I know what it is. And that's why it's three, not four. But it yeah. was four until Carson Wentz got removed from the commanders. Because theoretically, he has a Super Bowl ring. Well, I was going to say, uh, as as you said, oh yeah, I have now. I was about to say another name, Joe One. Flacco. Yeah, I mean, like the trouble is, is you, <laughs> you know that that's looking at backup quarterbacks, and you could do that. You could be like, oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden you extend a bit more. But I believe yeah. I've got that wrong, <laughs> and it is. I think it's. There were four quarterbacks. I'll try and think who the other yeah. guy is as, we, as we're chatting away. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But the other the, the, the other thing we were talking about, myself and Mike were talking about this before we jumped on. We said we'd have a quick, quick little chat about it. Obviously, Stephen Jones has been chatting to the press today. He's mentioned that they're going to use the tag on somebody. 
he said not Tony, but potentially uh, there there is someone else. Joe is saying Doug Williams. I don't know if that's. I don't think that's true. Oh, Russell Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> there, there we go. go. We get this. There we go. Joey, Joe, Joey inspired me. <laughs> he guessed there in the end. It's hard yeah. to think of, of the names yeah. when you're chatting away in it. But anyway, yeah. But, you know, like Stephen has said, yeah, we're going to use the tag. And, Mike, you have you have an interesting candidate for the tag. Um, and... I, 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 you've explained your logic to me, and I think it makes it makes sense. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to give us a quick rundown, yeah. I, well, I mean, we said it on, on Thursday's show when they were going over the tags is that because they said we were going over the price of each player in terms <laughs> of tag, mm. and the most expensive to do is, um, uh, LVE, Leighton Van Der Esch. He's like 20 yeah. million to, to, to franchise tag. And I said, well, there is a w- reason why you would use that. And that yeah. is that you don't want him to test the free agent market. So Donovan Wilson, let him test. Tony Pollard, let him test. Uh, Conor McGovern, let him go and test the free agent market. Mm. See what they go out there and what they get. Um, because you can bolster these positions if you need to in the draft. Mm. You can as well with linebacker. Yeah, But we've seen last year the defense with Leighton Van Der Esch in, yeah. more specifically the run defense. We've seen yeah. how effective he was with Jonathan Hankins last year. Then he got injured at the end of the season and he missed a couple of games. And we saw then how the run defense was not as effective. So yeah. when he comes back, it's effective again. Uh, and we're yeah. playing against Christian McCaffrey in the 49ers. And you go back and have a look. Leighton Van Der Esch is really good, at, uh, you know, during that game at trying yep. to slow him down. So what I'm thinking a reason why you would use LVE as the tag is that you don't want him to test the free agent market and rack up the bill. So yep. you say, right, I'll franchise tag him. That saves us. We've got him for the year. Doesn't mm. necessarily mean, though, that... Come at the start of the season, he's playing on the tag because yeah. All, all at this stage, between now and the fourteenth of July, when you tag these players, it just means that you can continue your contract negotiations until yeah. then. If you don't come to an agreement, then that means that okay, they're playing on the tag for this year. That yeah. and what the tag amount is in terms of LV, I think it's twenty point four million. That's how much he would be playing for that year. So. You, you tag him in respects of trying to cover your bases yeah. just for now and till post-draft, and you can yeah. see what you've done with your team and with the players you drafted, and you try and get into the negotiation talks then with LVB. Bear in mind, the team can still um, take away the tag. They can go and, and, and remove it and be like, right, yeah. we're done. We're not yeah. doing this anymore. They can do that too. So it's only once you get past July, are you really then saying, oh, God, that's mm. when you worry about it. Until then, they're only tagging to cover themselves. Yeah. And, and uh, LVE makes more sense than all the others, especially when you think how deep the running back class is this year. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you look at the safeties and the cornerbacks, you know, defensive backs in this year's yeah. draft, really deep. So, you know, 
there are options available to you in all the positions. There are as well in linebacker, but I think they just want to do it to cover their bases with him, mm. knowing that you've got options for everything else. Yeah. And Joseph is just putting in a putting in um, a comment here. We, we cut a great run stopper from Arkansas. Yeah, I'm actually just reading that properly now in terms of John Ridgeway. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. There's there's another guy there, and I think he's LV 2.0, and that is Drew Saunders, who's the linebacker out of Arkansas. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Very intrigued, and look, we'll definitely talk about Drew Saunders on on one of the Tuesdays in the next few weeks. We'll do linebacker next if you want. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do that next week. Drew, Drew is a, he's actually um, outside of the main linebackers that you can talk about or edge rushes yeah. at the linebacker position as well. He's really, in terms of an off ball linebacker, one of the best in the draft. And if they took him in the first round, it's yeah. not a bad thing. It's not a bad way to go. I, I would be happy with that pick. Yeah. Very definitely, but look, we've we've created a beautiful segue, so we're 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 going to cut straight into it. As I say, we're we're kind of on the clock tonight. We need to get out of here early. Yeah. So we've taken three cornerbacks each. We're going to break them down. Uh, where you might get them in the draft, um, why they'd be a suitable fit, their strengths, their weaknesses. So, Mike, if you want to give us your first guy, okay. I like it. That means we get and that's twice I've done that in two weeks where <laughs> I've I've left it looping. So I, I'm I mean one of the guys I put down was Devon Weatherspoon from from Illinois, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, for me, he is because a lot of people talk about uh, um, like Christian Gonzalez is mm. one guy. Some will say um, Joey Porter, which I think is is mad if you do, but. You know, they, these are the people who, who you know, will say yeah. he's the best cornerback. For me, it's Devin Witherspoon. And I I would like him to make it to the Cowboys. I see some mock drafts that people are doing, and he gets to the Cowboys. Mm. And, yeah, great. Um, the issue is, is any mock draft I see, and if I see Devon Witherspoon is um, – drafted at position 20 or more i ignore that mock draft because he's not making it he's that good yeah um like the step up you, you know before we, we've spoken about this in the past in other you know in, in past years when we've done mm. this draft show that you want to see a nice step up progression each year you don't want it to just be this this flash all of a sudden yeah. because we've seen what what that can be like, um, especially from quarterbacks, like from BYU. Um, yeah. You see things like that happen, um, <laughs> or you see the opposite way, where players are going backwards, so that's a decline, and you think, oof. But with Devon Witherspoon, it's not just an incline. It's each season is a big explosion that he's gotten better. And then all of a sudden he's gotten better. And then in the third year, I mean, the guy was just firing on all cylinders and he is a quick thinker, which is what makes him good to begin with. But he's also got all the physical uh, assets you look for at the position and they're all at an elite level. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, trying to bring up some stats that I had on him like here we go so um <laughs> so this is like one of the craziest ones that he finished top five in the country in 
completion percentage allowed, forced incompletions, passer rating allowed, and yards allowed per coverage snap. Mm. So, like, he's, like, in the top five of the, the main signature stats that you look at for cornerbacks. Yeah. And, I mean, like, this guy is he's just a nuisance and i've done a a scouting report on with a spoon um and he really i mean like when you tick all the boxes there are literally none you don't tick with with a spoon um there are obviously some negatives with him which we'll get into he's not like this perfect cornerback um but he's intelligent enough that he can understand the routes. You can see that he figures it out. He gets already, which is a big thing, not just um, uh, passing routes. He gets concepts. He gets offensive concepts, which is a big thing because like, that's hard for college players to do to the next level. But what he also has is, you know, that, that click and close ability because he's so... He's got such high-level athletic traits in terms of acceleration and quickness, agility and speed, that if the ball does get out of them, he's there in a flash. Uh, And he is definitely, for me, the number one cornerback in this year's draft. Mm. And I I, like a lot of people last year were talking about, um, you know, like Sauce Gardner. uh, And in previous years, we've had other guys, um, you know... uh, Names just escaped me. Sertan and Horn. There you go. Yeah. It's just on the tip of my tongue. Um, but people aren't doing that with Witherspoon. And I think he is actually it, some of those guys, he's right up there with them in that terms. He's that good. Yeah. And you you also in Illinois, you see um you they put they've put him on an island. They've said, right, you're out there on your own. And he's managed it. He's played against some good wide receivers in college on an island, and he's done it. He's got the, yeah. the, the production. In terms of, like, some people say, like, well, what, well, what's wrong with him? The big one, the big one that I put on there, and it's one we'll get to as well with Joey Poor, which is even yeah. worse in this respect, is it's the style of play that they, they do, especially in the red zone, yeah. creates a lot of flags because they, they yeah. do like to... Um, push the, the the physicality side towards them a lot, and yeah. what that does when they go that way is in the NFL it will create a lot of illegal contact flags is yeah. what it'll create. Yeah. Um, so they'll put that down as defensive pass interference. Yeah. Um, and um, Devin Witherspoon is already doing that in college where it's made a little bit easier. Yeah. So you think when he's going to the next level where the rules are a bit tougher, but also the players are better, yeah. um, you wonder how bad is it going to get? Because, I mean, like in, in 2022, he had six penalties against him. The year before, the same. So yeah. it, it's a it's a trend that's common with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, in, ter- in terms of the, fi- the physicals, like, you know, does it does he fit the Dan Quinn mold? Like, because obviously, like one of the guys I picked is Joey Porter, and I'm kind of looking at him going six foot two corner, little bit light. You know, so where do, where does where does Devin Witherspoon fit in on 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 the Dan Quinn system? I don't think he does. That's that's one thing. Yeah, um, like 
if he was available, like, don't get me wrong, because people would be like, mm. oh, well, that means we're not drafting him. No, the, like, because the talent is so yeah. obvious, so high. If yeah. he's there at 26, you don't take him. Uh, you don't not take him, sorry. Like, <laughs> you've got to. You've got no choice. The guy is a, 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 a massive talent for the position. Um, yeah. And, like I say, he's the number one cornerback in this year's in this year's draft. So the, yeah, the, the, the issue with him, the aggressiveness um, it is going to be a problem for Dan Quinn. Yeah. So he's, he likes the, the intelligent, he is intelligent, but he makes these bad mistakes, these bad moves that yeah isn't going to be what he wants. Uh, and also the other thing, like I say, you look at the step of progression that mm. Witherspoon had year by year. Uh, and I wonder with Dan Quinn, if he's sitting there thinking, yeah, you is freshman uh, uh, and uh, sophomore year. Yeah, yeah. But then there's just this massive incline. It's not a steady. It's a huge incline. And I wonder yeah. if that's just going to keep him back enough to be like, mm. and, yeah. and like when you think back to the issues, the complaints people have about Trayvon Diggs in terms of willingness to tackle, mm. same thing with Devin Witherspoon. Yeah. Is that going to be what Dan Quinn wants? Does he want that problem twice? Yeah. Just some of the comments that are coming in in terms of um, Witherspoon and the cornerback position. So DJ Dog is saying he sees Witherspoon as a nickel or slot cornerback um, and he loves to tackle in the run game. DJ Dog has also said um, he he will tackle and he's interested to see his 40 time. And Christian Gonzalez is his top cornerback, will easily go for 40 inches on the vertical jump. Yeah. Um, like so Gonzalez is one I'm going to watch. So, ironically, yeah. the combine for cornerbacks, defensive backs, is massive. Yeah. This can yeah. make or break um, most cornerbacks. It is right here, is the combine. For them, there's nothing bigger. <laughs> Because the, the athletic, it's all about athletic traits with cornerbacks, and that's what they're doing at the combine. You're looking at athletic traits, so yeah. they can make a lot of money or they can lose a lot on this one particular day. Uh, and Gonzalez is one that I am going to pay attention to because the, the, his athletic profile is is crazy, and he yeah. is a good cornerback too. But I just think there's um, Gonzalez in comparison to with with the. Gonzalez is a better athlete with yeah. a better dissector of routes. Yeah. And, like, you, you kind of segued into a great point there, Mike, and, and obviously, look, there was a, the, the, we saw that we heard a bit of news over the weekend from a guy who performed brilliantly at his combine, um, had a great eight-year season, and it looks like he's now being forced to retire in Byron Jones. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is the kind of combine you want to have. Obviously, you don't want to have what has happened to him and what he is he was saying over the weekend. But that's what a great combine can have for you. That's the impact. make you millions. Yeah, millions and, that, and millions. That's just a good example of a defense the, the defensive back. Mm. Um, <laughs> 
clash with the combine. It'll like they yeah. they can make their millions on this one day. There is no other position in the combine is more important yeah. in terms of like you know the athletic testing. For yeah. everyone else, it's all about interviews and, and medicals. Is really what. It's yeah. About. Yeah. Absolutely. Joseph is saying he would take Porter if Robinson has gone at twenty six. <laughs> so Joseph, obviously, I'm sure you've had Joseph in on your program. So Joseph is a huge Longhorns fan, so I can see why he's saying taking Robinson. Um, <laughs> and there, there, there was a comment from Stephen about that earlier today, which, as we always say, this is the lying season. So buyer beware. Take everything with a pinch of salt. Everything. Yeah. And DJ Dog just coming back in. Byron Jones still holds the record for the longest standing broad jump at the combine. Mm. DJ Dog, that's actually a world record. Mm. It was there's two world... there's two cowboys actually with records at the co- combine. Yeah. Des Bryant mm. holds the other one. He does. Mm. Go on, tell us all. Ten yard split. There we go. It was very, very impressive. Was it? It was under one. It was under one point two, wasn't it? It was. I, I. I will have a look now. It was insane. Um, yeah. Like I didn't even register at first, and then I was like, "Oh wait!" But it is. It. it, it I'll yeah. find it for you now. But but anyway, what, talk about your guy. Yeah. While while Mike is finding that, obviously the next guy, and a few people have mentioned him that uh, that we're looking at is Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. So. Three years starter out of Penn State has that Dan Quinn size, six foot two, one point eight eight meters. He's a bit light, and this is one of the concerns that people have is that he doesn't have a lot of bulk on his frame and will be beaten out by better cornerbacks. Um, he is the son of Joey Porter, yeah. So has proven NFL pedigree. Um, you know he he he, he as you said, Mike about. Witherspoon about the numbers and how they're trending. Again, Joey Porter's numbers were all trending in the right direction across the four seasons he played at Penn State. Um, you know, his QBR rating when throw when targeted in coverage has dropped from 156.3 down to 63 or 153 point yeah, 156.3 down to 63.6 in his senior year. You know. That's what you want to see from your cornerbacks. Mm. Uh, like the thing with Joey Porter that people get misconstrued with is that they will go if like in his senior year, especially they're like, mm. yeah, but where's the where's the ball skills? Where's the production? Because mm. he's got no interceptions, and it's like, yeah, for well, for well, it's twofold. The issue there is one the way Penn State play the defensive backs yes. on that weird rotation system that they have. Yeah. Um, the other one is that it's not a bad thing. <laughs> Talking of no. Byron Jones, here's a good example, yeah, is that teams didn't want to target Joey Porter. They were afraid of him, and that's yeah. why. And, like, I believe, like, he, he, hold on. I think I, got, I read it earlier. And I've made a note of it. He had in his senior year, there you go, 30 targets. And that was on double-digit games. So he's getting only yeah. three targets a game. And he's yeah. got a decent number of snaps. Yeah. So like he had what, 440 snaps last year. That's and that's fine. So mm. you, you know, teams 
were just afraid to target him. And a lot of mm. that um, reason for, you know, the, um, the unwillingness for teams to want to target him was mm. how he's able to jam at the line because he is yeah. insanely physical at the line. Um, and he, he has been doing that his entire career. Um, yeah. Because he, he, he's quite a strong guy in that sense. Yeah, what you're looking for really with Joey Pori, he, he is he is a pure press man corner, which yes. is it, it is a good thing to see. Um, yeah. to come out of college, it's quite common at the moment. You've seen a lot of corners come in out of college mm -hmm. who are particularly good, it's the zone where they're trying to learn, yeah. at the moment. But as we said with Witherspoon, I'm I, I, there's a video on my Twitter of Joey Porter the good and Joey Porter the bad. And yep. Joey Porter the bad is actually him, like literally, he's not even holding the wide receiver. He's basically bear hugging him <laughs> over top of him so he can't get his arms out to catch in the end zone, which is obviously then a DPI in the end zone. Yeah, uh, flag straight up. That is it. And he's... Yeah. um. He did reduce his flags, yeah, from this season, from the season before, but it's still there. He is a high IQ guy as well. That's a yeah. big one. Um, he's got the the the, the size um, yeah. that I would say, <laughs> based on his athletic skills. Um, yeah. But and I, you look at how tough he is and how strong he is. I would definitely say he is uh, able to do what he does in college and translate that into the NFL because he is strong enough. And, and he's also, yeah. I, I can't remember what his wingspan and his arm length is. It's massive. It's huge. Yeah. And it's enveloping. Uh, so not only can he keep you out of jam and hold you in there, but also then when the ball is going out uh, and, and you see it going down there because he's got this huge catch radius and this big span that he can work yeah. from. It, it's hard to get those throws in there against him. Yeah, he, he does tend to get, as you said, the arms out, the hand in. He's able to defend, yeah. you know, past breakups. Like mm -hmm. his number, as you say, he was targeted 30 times last year. In those 30 targets, he had nine pass breakups. So he has that ability with that wingspan to make a play on the ball. Um, so he's he's de he's definitely someone that's going to come into consideration. Um, like his, you know, some of the notes that I have here is that he defends slot receivers in man. He breaks down space. He's good route recognition, but as you say, he's grabby. He's handsy, and that very, very. is not good for someone who's going who's transitioning into the NFL level. And mm -hmm. why I would have a concern about um, drafting him at 26. I know he's one of Broadus's pet cats, but <laughs> I do have concerns. Yeah, I mean, like, he is what we're talking with the combine and defensive backs <laughs> is that he, his speed is sort of average, is the best way to put it. Yeah. Yes. The issue is, though, is it's also his his recovery speed is another thing. And yeah. that is, I would say worse than his top end speed. So mm -hmm. if a wide receiver gets the step on him and can get past him, which can happen and does, 
you know, they're not going to win everyone. It's how you can, it. What you know, yeah. you're not going to always win at the line and win at jamming, but it's how are you able to deal with it when it breaks loose. And what happens, though, is when it does break loose with, with Joey Poor, because he doesn't have the speed or, or the ability to recover, he yeah. doesn't win that battle back. And so it yeah. does turn into a, a, a game that way. Uh, and I just checked. It was 13 penalties in the last two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other thing then is because he because he's got that that taller size as well. It he does have issues with change of direction. And one of the yes. part I put was changing from a back pedal. Yeah, and going deep. <laughs> that is it. Look, you watch it. Even you don't even need to time it or know what you look. You know, you don't have to look at yeah. it. But you can point it out now. And when you go back and look at it, you'll be like. Oh yeah, that does look slow. So when he's backpedaling, he turns, and then to go downfield, it just seems to take a while. And I think it's not athleticism. Yeah, that's an issue. I think yeah. he just needs to learn a bit of the foot technique in getting himself around. Yeah. So that is Joey Porter. Now, see, I I know the next guy you're going to bring up, Mike, and there have been a few questions coming in from from DJ Dog. Uh, Keely Ringo is a former sprinter. He'll go 4 4 yeah. or under. Um, he says he likes him and branch the safety. He branches a tweener body between cornerback and safety, and Dan Quinn would use him correctly. Your Monday mock draft yesterday, you yeah. drafted Brian Branch I as saved. Um, so, you know, given, as I say, given DJ Dog's common stare that he's a bit of a tweener, is did that factor in when you drafted him? Brian Branch to me is just one of the most uh in terms of like a first round pick. Yeah. He's one of the more mo- most safest picks. You know in terms of floor and ceiling, they're really yeah. close together. They really you know um yeah. he's he's just a really good player. The the reason why people um it's kind of overlook him if you like is that he is a cornerback he's he looks like a cornerback play but he's playing strong safety so yeah. it looks weird to look at and that's the trouble yeah and like that like that's the thing i think as as dj dog is saying you know that he he can play that tweener and dan quinn will 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 figure out how to use him correctly so you know I know in the same way as everyone gets out offensively, you don't take a running back. And I've been saying this, what, we're doing this program four years now, and I yeah. always say we never draft a safety. If we <laughs> if we draft Brian Branch, we're not drafting him to play safety. <sighs> I mean, possibly. He, he's a really good run stopper. And, like, yeah. that, uh, that's the guy you want. Just, like, hovering around the box. I don't want him... Out on corner. The only good way thing about having him out on corner is he's going to set the edge for you. That's for sure. I mean, that's how physical he is. Yeah. But look, obviously, we're not going. We're not going to get into safety talk tonight because you know there will be a show about safeties further <laughs> yeah. down the line. Yeah. Emotional, damn it! You... <laughs> but look, the the other guy that the, the the guys are talking about there, obviously, look. Keely Ringo, take it away again. He seems to have that prototypical Dan Quinn body size frame. Yeah, I mean, here's another guy. Uh, more measurables I want to look at because 
I've, on blogging the boys, I've done one of the scouting reports on, on yeah. Ringo. Is that he's like six foot two and a half, but he's got these really long arms, <laughs> which is wild. So, like, he's um, like in terms of like the, the body length as well as the athletic traits, makes him the most like craziest to watch. Um, yeah. he's just it almost looks like uh, uh you know, like the those. Pass. This is what he does look like when, when I watch him on tape. Is at first is that that um, pass coverage off ball linebacker, but he's playing as a an out wide cornerback. Yeah. So that's how big he he looks, but he doesn't lose any of that that um, fluidity uh, and speed as he's playing at that position. It's really good to watch. Um, in terms of like his his statistics, um, like, and it goes year by year by year. That, or it, I say year by year by year, year by year, is that um, four touchdowns but four interceptions, and uh, only has a pass rate a pass rating allowed of seventy, and uh, on five hundred and forty six. Pass coverage snaps last year, he only allowed 42 receptions. And as for the Georgia Bulldogs, so you think there's a lot of quick passes that offenses are doing because they're going to be so worried about the defensive line. Keely Ringo had to just basically cover up as best as he could. And he really did cover up. And that's another yeah. thing you've got to throw in as well, is that um, in the, the college football playoffs, he made a pick six to win the game. Yeah. It was Ringo that, that run down there with the ball. Yeah. Which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. His top end speed, like, you, you know, like, or, or top end. Yeah. His top end speed and his um, his 10 yard split are going to make people have to reevaluate him because they're going to look at it and they're going to go, oh, wow. Like, I, I do believe because they wear that, you know, the, the chips. In the pads, yeah, I think like they've had him on game speed. I had like shy of twenty four miles an hour. Yeah, that's that's fast. That is burning. That's moving. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, I think I'm just trying to see because I know. Yeah, DJ Dog pulled it up here. He said he's a former sprinter. He go four four. Yeah, under. yeah. He I, might I, go like, under four three. Yeah, I don't. It's. Hmm. Like I think Devon A Chain is gonna run the fastest. That's your 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 own Aggie, isn't it? Yeah, I know yeah. it feels like that's who I'm I'm picking because he's not. No, 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 no. I've like like to be fair, I've heard he's a burner, so <sighs> wait till you watch it. Um <laughs> like he's done he, he used to run a hundred meter sprint and he, he's done mm. it in sub ten. That's how fast he is. That's Olympic speed. Oh yeah. That, that's Absolutely. like you can go in the Olympics running that speed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I do like Ringo. It, it, the, the issue he has, and it sounds a weird thing to say, is that he can overreact to things, yeah. and that makes him bite. Um, you want to see a little bit more fluidity in the hips because he's not a fluid player. Yeah. Um, but he is insanely overreactive. Um, not just to 
what the offense is trying to do pre-snap, but also wide receivers will make him overreact to things. So, you know, like they, he, they'll do it like a stutter step or a head fake and he will react to it. That is his, uh, that's his biggest downfall. Yeah. So, is he, you know, if he gets there 26, and I think he will definitely be there. He'll be there 26. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at the comments that uh, that that DJ Dog has just thrown in. We'll pull them up in a second. If yeah. he's there at 26, are you handing in that card? Not for Ringo, no. not there. Not for Ringo. Okay. Unless, unless the plan is, unless Donovan Wilson is gone, and you're yeah. keeping on the edge that the branches say this would be a crazy situation, but say branch is gone. Yeah. Johnson is gone as well. Yeah. And you're thinking of manipulating Ringo into the safety position. But he does give you options to also play at the cornerback position if that doesn't work out. Yeah. So there's like that versatility you can have with him in that respects it's depending on the plan because he is oh he is like 210 pound so yeah. he's got the weight to be able to play the safety position but it, it, it yeah i me that's the only reason why i think they could do it i don't think they would on for that reason though uh, yeah but if you saw donovan wilson go to another team before the draft and then you see the keely ringo um draft pick come in you're just you can put two and two together about what the plan is there yeah so as we say dj dog is reading my reading my mind or he must be reading over my shoulder because he does say this this cornerback class is very deep yeah and that's, is, what, yeah. that's that's what we're going to do now we're going to get a little bit deeper into it um and Hodges Tomlinson, cornerback from TCU, is my choice is fastest in the cornerback class. He's okay. tiny though. So yes. Today Dravidius Hodges Tomlinson is one of my guys. I have uh. have written down. So again, he does have track star speed. He's projected to run the 40 yard dash in 430. When 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 I was when I was writing up my report on this guy, obviously look cornerback out of TCU, he's a three year starter, Jim Thorpe winner this year. So I mean, he's not just some guy. He's not there by luck. Yeah, this is yeah. Th- this guy has nearly two and a half thousand snaps. His quarterback rating when targeted over his four years in college football is fifty six point three. It was thirty eight point nine this year. That's good. You know, he is like the guy is. You know, he has the experience, his small stature, but he plays a lot bigger. He can play all five of the backfield positions if you want him to. He's a solid tackler, and he wraps up. Um, you know, again, he played hot safety in high school. His skills and explosiveness are unbelievable. He's a star in zone, which is what you want in today's modern NFL. Uh-huh. His change of direction is is as high as can be. And then obviously, look, he's a huge football IQ. You know, so this is a guy, and this is where the knock is on him as a player. He's five foot seven. Yeah. And, and he's sub 180 as well. Yeah. 
he's 177 is what I have, yeah. you know. Um, for a lot of teams, he's going to be off their boards. He's not even going to be on a board for teams, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, what, what What is your own take on him as a player, Mike? Yeah, I mean, like, because I watched a little bit of him, mostly on my, most of my notes are just from what I've seen throughout the season on Tomlinson. And like the, I, cause I seen the height and the weight and I was just like, nah. And I, I've watched a little bit of him, not as much yeah. as obviously as you have there. Um, yeah. but the, the, the bits I have seen, um, uh, I've been like, yeah, that, that guy is, if you're going to have him as anything in the NFL, He's pure slot only. That's all yeah. you can do with him. Um, yeah. And that's all I looked at. So, and like, because I think the Cowboys are more uh, looking for a, a, an outside slot so they can move, um, they can move, obviously, the plays we got back in. Um, so I think more than anything, Thompson doesn't make sense for the Cowboys. He's going to yeah. make sense for, for a team out there. But you, if you are drafting him, you're drafting him only to play the slot. Yeah. And I like I think for us, I think slot could potentially be tight tied down now with Deron Bland being Yeah, there. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, move our own guys inside, yeah. Yeah. So you know he's 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 he is a guy to watch out for, and obviously look, he's NFL royalty, he is the nephew of Ladanian Tomlinson again. Yeah, that's right. Player. Yeah. You know, so some team is gonna take a take a chance on this guy. Yeah, and is is he one of these guys who is going to be? How do I put it? A Pete Warner or Josie Jewel, a guy you can pick up maybe four, fourth, fifth, sixth round, and you just know he's going to get a second and third contract in the NFL. Like if you if you give him a plan on the right defense, he will produce because he's small as well. Bear in mind if. They're big, then that means that they're slow and lumbering. So yeah. if you're small, that means that you're quick and agile. And, and that's what yeah. I've seen with Tomlinson. So, um, you know, he's definitely be playing off zone. You're going to have to play him off zone in the slot because yeah. he does struggle with the big receivers. So yeah. you're not going to be playing him outside. But if you, you want a specialist to play... In you know that soft zone coverage from the slot, there's a definite mm. role for that player in the NFL. Yeah. That's your guy. So your, yeah. your defense needs to be somewhere down that line. The Cowboys aren't down that line, unfortunately. They're they're in the market for something different. Yeah. So look, we've 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 talked about four guys. If you want to give us your final guy, and I think this is a guy who's definitely going to be available to the Cowboys at 26. Which one do you want to go for? Because I, I know we'd only do five, and I got my two. Which one do you want to go for, mate? So if you want to go for Forbes. Go manual Forbes? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, I I think this guy, he is your, um, in terms of like what Trayvon Diggs is, in terms of boom or bust, and literally we're talking play by play, that. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs in the past, as we've seen, can catch the ball, make a pick six, run down, and, and you know, they'll make that score on literally the very next play 
allow a touchdown. Yeah. That's Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Um, he's this boom or and I know that's gonna scare people. Yeah, but this guy is just a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Um not a guy personally I would take in the first round, but yeah. if I'm wanting to cover my bases, like say I've we've taken wide receiver or um linebacker inside offensive line in the first round and i'm looking at the second round to a cornerback emmanuel forbes is not a bad way to go um crazy versatile in what you can do so bear in mind the coaching tree that's gone into mississippi state is is from the mike leach era bless his soul yeah um love mike leach by the way Um, anyone legend didn't love mike leach (laughs) <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm not a big Mississippi State fan, you know. Obviously, yeah. SEC and all that, but yeah. I, I would always stay up to watch the Mike Leach interviews. Yeah. They were legendary. Um, yeah. but the way that they play, the 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 their style of football on defense, yeah. where it's this, it like they literally love it, and it. it it is almost nauseating to watch. There must be a reason why the coaches go down this road, but they play that off-zone coverage on defense a ton. Yeah. An absolute ton. Like, it's literally the, the main way they go. I don't know why, but okay. But Forbes is this press man corner who... Mm-hmm. That's really what he wants to be. He wants to play that way. Really good at it when he does yeah. it. Um, to defend in the run, because, you know, obviously he's that, that type of physical player, loves it. But because he's in a system that he's not used to, he's got that versatility. So he's able right now to go into the NFL, play both ways, whichever way they want to go on defense, where they want to play press man, when they want to play officer, it doesn't matter. Forbes is already there. He's already um, scheme versatile. And, you know, although he's willing to play the run, he does need to get stronger because um, he will struggle. It's, <laughs> it's more that he makes these gambles and these misreads against wide receivers and that's what happens. The exact same thing you can say about um, Trayvon Diggs, that you know he will, he'll give these wide receivers a little bit of cushion, or he'll let the wide receivers lead, hoping that he can use his uh, his frame and his athletic ability to get back in to close that that passing window down quickly. Um, he 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 is a. Honestly, he's just turnover machine is all I can yeah. say. Um, I'm trying to find out what. So over the last three years, 13 interceptions. Um, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, 13 interceptions. The next guy down had four less. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I mean, this guy, honestly, it, when he's in man, he just does not give any up. If he's impressed, man will not let anything go. And 
when we're talking about his, because it, uh, I suppose it's kind of the scheme as well, playing all that that off zone, that what you're seeing with Forbes when he's in that zone coverage is he'll find that ball. He can look down, look over his shoulder, he'll locate the ball, get those arms up, catch it, coming down with it. And that's why he's, is. I think it was six interceptions. Hold on, let me get a start. I believe it was six. Yeah, he had six interceptions. Um, and he had 14 in the last three years. Yeah, so uh, and that's on that was only on fifty eight targets too. Mm-hmm. So, so go on. The, the the question really is: Will he get to the Cowboys at pick fifty eight? I think so. Forbes is that type of guy. Mm. I, I I what we're hoping for <laughs> is that he just tests. He tests good. Hmm. But he just tests good enough for people to not notice. So they're just like, yeah. all right, okay. Because he is his issues are that is that he is lanky. He's only like 180 pounds. So yeah. he is skinny. Um and I, I don't know if maybe that's why he gambles because he, he's trying to make up for a little yeah. bit uh, of the mistakes that he makes technically. Uh, so yeah. he does gamble a little bit. Um, and you get a lot of freelancing from him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can tell that he's gone off he's gone he's off gone script. Off script yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can see yeah. it. Because he's doing something completely different from what the other guys are doing. Um, but it, like although he, he is skinny, you know, if you wanted, if you put in your mind like how do you want a corner to look, mm. like body-wise, frame-wise, shape-wise, it would be Emmanuel Forbes. Like yeah, pro- that's that's the prototype you make. Yeah. So obviously, look, it is it is flavors of ice cream, as we mm. say. In, mm. in in once you get to the second, third round guys, and the last guy we're gonna we're gonna talk about, um, another Alabama no. player. Again, uh, no, this is a guy who started in LSU. Yeah. Two years in LSU, final year in Alabama, three-year starter, um, Eli Ricks Jr. Mm. Do you know what's funny you say about, uh, you know, when he was at LSU? I would mm. Just so people have a perspective of Eli Ricks, he was there with Derek Stingley, and yeah. Ricks outplayed Stingley, I would say, in his yeah. time with him. Yeah. And you yeah. think, Absolutely. like, how Stingley is in the NFL. Ricks was far beyond what Stingley was. Yeah. He absolutely was. Like just when I was when I was when I was doing up my my report earlier today, like his QBR when targeted in coverage in 2020 60.3. Mm. 2021 went up to 84.4 and then in his year in Alabama 41.8. Nice. Like, this is a guy you want in coverage. Um, but again, he's another one of those boomer bust plays. Like he... injury concerns is what it yeah. is with with, with Ricks. Yeah. Like he, I, he, yeah, I was going to say like he he'll give up the big plays. He's not a press corner. He'll draw flags, and he's hesitant in uh, facing action in zone coverage. You know, there so there are concerns. It's 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 not all sunshine with him. 
Yeah. Like, he's really good, what I've seen. I'm going to watch more on Rex, because mm-hmm. I've got, I give, as you know, players all scores, and there's just a couple yeah. of scores missing off Rex, and then I'm mm-hmm. done. Um, But he is really good at reading um, uh, certain routes, like the shorter routes, you know, like the hitches, and when yeah. they're trying to make a break on a seam route. Is is he's really good at reading that? He's right there, like step for step in the. You always one of the things we always say is you want to see a cornerback be in the wide receiver's hip pocket, and he is. He's in yeah. there. Um, does that really well? The, the 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 one like we talk about combine. Unfortunately, uh, for us, we don't yeah. get to see it. But for 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 Rex, it's gonna all, all be about. Um, his injuries, you know, you're talking um, shoulder injuries, back injuries, hand and wrist. Um, Some of them are big injuries. Like, hold on, how many games did he play this year? Nine. So you think you only played nine games this year and you only played six games the year before. So he's barely played a season worth of games in two years. Yeah. He's, I think, like, when I was doing the numbers up, like, I had snap count as one of my figures. He had yeah. 1,040 snaps across three years. Mm. Uh, Trevidius like... Hodges Tomlinson had 1,012 snaps in 2022. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. I was just about to say, he's got like <laughs> basically a roundabout. You know, I know Tomlinson, you're going to see him playing special mm. teams as well. So that's going to yeah. rack up his numbers. But um, yeah, he's barely played a full season. Mm. You know, he's played a season and a half in three years yeah so it is concerning and also another one with rex is i don't think he's a guy um because of the lack of suddenness from him he's Mm. not a guy i want to be playing in the slot so he lacks versatility in that sense Uh, you're only going to have him as an outside corner yeah um he is really good though well the the issue is is that he does have moments of where things go wrong. Yeah. He is a really good player when he's playing. <laughs> you know, we're talking about he was better than Stingley. One of the yeah. issues me and you said about Stingley coming out was the injury concerns. Yeah. Um, same thing, here we are again. Yeah. You know, it's another ex-LSU player with a string of injury history. Yeah. My 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 big point with him is that he's quick, he's confident, he's a cover corner and he plays very big. So he does have the ability, but it's everything else, as you say, injuries, flags, and that's the huge problem. So we just have two quick questions, Mike, before we get out of here. As we said, we we are on the clock tonight. Joe was saying he believes we're getting Ramsey from the LA Rams and we can use (laughs) the fourth round pick on the right tackle because nobody knows if Terrence Steele is coming back healthy yet. So there's a couple of points in that. Um, I don't think we'll be getting Ramsey. No. No, because I think Stephen has said that they're looking to do extensions for C.D. Lamb and for Trayvon Diggs. Um, And then the second point on that is Terrence Steele is reportedly already ahead of where he needs to be in terms of his recovery. Mm. So he he will be back. They reckon they reckon he will very certainly be back before um before the training camp. Um 
And then DJ Dog had a question here, and this I, I think this might be stemming from uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft 2.0. <laughs> if we get cleaned out at wide receiver, offensive line, cornerback at 26, would you be willing to go to get the top tight end in the draft? Yeah. Easy answer. Yeah. So which tight end is it going to be for you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm not taking um <laughs> like a, a pass blocking tight end, so you know who I'm eliminating there. Mm-hmm. But if May is there, yes, yes. without a doubt, I, I'd be happy with that pick. Um, you know, if I have constantly filled my tweet stream with uh <laughs> with yeah. talks of Dalton Kincaid. Um yeah, there's another one. Picked. Yeah, they they're both like the thing is I'll go back to again is that go back and look at both last year and this year. What was common between the teams that were at the Super Bowl? Good defensive lines and, mm-hmm. and they've all got an elite tight end. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. So, like, both you, you look in this year's, you know, you, you look it, the last three teams, if you like, that were going through San Francisco 49ers, Philadelphia Eagles, and um, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep. You're talking about maybe one, two, three in terms of ranking of tight end. Mm-hmm. So, why would you not want to, especially with Dalton Schultz, Schultz. being moved on? Yeah, he's yeah. going, he's gone. So, <laughs> Um, you need a tight end. Not only do you need a tight end, drafting a tight end is a good way to go. Kincaid, yeah. he's very the quite easily the best pass catching right running tight end. Um, yeah. in this year's draft, May is the best all rounder. Yeah, I mean for 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 me, if you're looking to take a tight end in the first. I'm waiting till next year and hoping Brock Bowers gets to us. <laughs> yeah, he is good. But, you know, the, the issue you've got with, and it's both tight end and defensive tackle particularly, mm. is you do have a long, <clears throat> you do have a long sort of fruition period waiting for that to come through. Like, you look, Kel, you know, Kelsey uh, and Kittle, they're both in their 30s, and they're deemed yeah. the best tight ends in the draft. So you yeah. do have to wait a while for those guys to come through. Yeah, and like like this, this is the concern you would have with anyone drafting a tight end in the first, is are they going to be that, oh, that generational talent? Because, you know, we drafted a what, 10 to, in 2021. We were all on the train. Kyle Pitts mm. really hasn't done it yet at NFL level. Not to say he won't. Yeah, he's but... on the wrong team. They're, they're like, I will to stick up for Pitts. The mm. Falcons are misusing him completely. Cheeky, cheeky trade. I've already said that one. We did it last week. I said, would you trade Pitts your first round? Would the Cowboys trade your first round pick for Pitts? Makes mm-hmm. total sense. It works. Yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell we will wrap up tonight so mike if you want to give um give a shout out for for uh thursday night's show uh yeah so on thursday uh trying to get a special guest in um <laughs> so we'll see how that goes um 
might come through. Don't know. It, it, it's all a, the wrong time of year for it all. Um, because yeah. everybody's busy, like everybody's yeah. up to their eyeballs in it. Um, but we're gonna look at some more options. Um, in the first round for for Dallas, like guys like Brian Branch and you know mm -hmm. even Robinson from Texas A and M as well. What? <laughs> well, maybe not in the first round. Maybe not in the first. Mm -hmm. yeah. From Texas A and M. I know. <laughs> but listen, it's a good night for me, and I'll throw it over to Mike. Yes, and it's a good night from him. <laughs> uh, let's get out of here.